We have a new intro, guys. <laughs> is this even recording? Yeah. Oh. No. Yes. Okay. Yes, it, it is. is. It's oh. just tiny. It's very tiny. Yeah. So we have a new intro. It is uh, Miss Gypsy's squeaky toy. She's very excited. She's super excited. Her mama excite. Lisa and her papa Sean got it for her. And she's going to be our guest on today's episode of Murder on the 420 Express. So if you hear squeaks, that's just my dog. It's probably her just being like, you know, when people do like snaps or claps, like this is her like, it's called squeaks. That's what dogs do. Yes. Yes, yes. All right. Well, welcome all of you creeps to another episode of Murder on the 420 Express. I am your host, Lisa, or... Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. I'm just gonna start calling you Liza now. <laughs> and it's your girl, Mandy. Hope y'all had a wonderful um, Valentine's Day if you yes. celebrated, or if not, that you're like month. Happy Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> yeah, that your month from the last episode has been really good. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. you know, no drama, no bullshit. 2021 is going to be. Is better than 2020. I mean, come on now. Is, is, I'm that, just is, that, is that what you think, Gypsy? Yeah, Gypsy is making some predictions over here. She's waving her She's paw. She's making some predictions of her, her own. Over squeaky toy and letting us know what's going on. <laughs> Gypsy, what's up? What's up? Alrighty, so let's get into today. So what we're smoking on today, guys, is Z Crashers. I got it because I think it sounded really much like kind of like a zombie type in a zombie video game. A Z Crasher. (laughs) I could see that. I know. Isn't it funny? She's like, hell yeah. Woof, woof, bitch. Woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what she said. She's like, yes, Z Crashers. So I can't tell you exactly what's in here. I can still see that it is 22.88% THC and 0.07 CBD. I can't tell you the terps because they ripped off. So there's that. So it seems like it's going to get you like your mind right and your body right. Probably. I think it's a hybrid. I like hybrids. Right? They have the right like amount of like get you activated but also slow you down. Yes. As I have delayed responses. <laughs> I know. I was actually thinking my responses were delayed. It's kind of like when you're driving and you're not feeling quite yourself and you drive a lot slower. <laughs> I do that every time I bring Osiris back down to Carson. I just take the long way. Like I go through Washoe City and I'm just like, this is nice. It's we're listening scenic. to um, one of my one of our favorite yes. podcasts to listen to which is morbid morbid oh my gosh i um, love you girls ash and elena i also just heard your love stories on love story which i'll share with you lisa you uh, love it okay okay yes it's amazing 100 percent support morbid and murder apparel and both you girls i highly admire you yes well, I listen to them while I drive through Washoe City, and you, you've been through there, so you yes. know. Yes. You're like, that's kind of creepy. And yes, but it I is very it. creepy. <laughs> I just listen to Morbid whenever. Like, I could be at the line in the DMV and listening to about some hatched-up murder or some listener tale about, like, the alternate dimensions at, a, like, a summer camp. And I'm like, man, nobody yes. knows, but I'm a fucking weirdo, and I love it. And these girls are also weirdos, and they love it. There's mm. a shared connection there. 
bliss. It will be bliss. All right. So what's our stoner story Ugh. today? Ugh. Are we ready? Random times. Stop. Ooh, stupid cannabis crimes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Just putting it out there for my girl. Um, so that was a basis, like, summary of her professional life. But moving to her personal life, uh-huh. her first Hollywood marriage was to famous athlete Joe DiMaggio, nicknamed yes. the Yankee Clipper or Jolton Joe. He was an American centerfield baseball player who had a famous 13-year career. He is widely known as one of the best baseball players of all time with a 56-game hitting strike between May 15th and July 16th of 1941. Joe was a three-time MVP award winner in his 13-year career. They were literally like, when I picture her marriage or relationship with anyone, I picture him. Solely because, like, I really do feel like they loved each other a lot. He just had a certain standard of how he wanted her to be, and she did not fit that mold. So, like, it's like, I love, almost like, hey, I love you, but, like... What about me? He wasn't, like, big and flashy. He was very to himself. Yeah, she said that he was remarkably respectful when they first met, which she was expecting Mm -hmm. him to kind of be, like, that douchebag jockey mentality. Not saying all jocks are douchebags. I'm just saying there is kind of this um, athletic... (laughs) There's this, like, athletic mentality that sometimes you get a cockiness when you know that, like, obviously you're one of the MVP players of baseball with a 56... Uh, he was super humble, let's just put it that way. Yeah, for his career. Um, so, for a little bit more research on the web, they eloped at San Francisco City Hall on January 14th, 1954. Although she suffered from endometriosis, which I did Ooh, not know this, but it is where the lining why. of your uterus actually forms outside of your uterus. That's um, probably why she had so many miscarriages, yes. too. Um, Monroe and DiMaggio each... Um, told reporters that they did have a desire to start a family. Their union was troubled from the start as DiMaggio's jealousy and controlling attitude uh, mirrored with his physical abuse. A violent uh, fight between the couple occurred immediately after the skirt-blowing scene in The Seven Year Itch was filmed on September 14, 1954, in front of Manhattan's Translux 52nd Street Theater. The 20th Century Fox's East Coast correspondent Bill Colburn told Palm Springs Desert Sun... Um, that it was director Bill Wilder's idea to turn the shoot into a media circus. I guess they had a huge, like, yelling uproar in the theater, in the theater lobby, and then returning from New York City to Hollywood in October of 54, Monroe filed for divorce from DiMaggio. It was only after nine months of marriage and the failure of their marriage, DiMaggio uh, actually went to therapy, stopped drinking alcohol, and he went to different interests beyond baseball. I think it, like, really hit him hard because I think you're right, Lisa. I do believe that uh, Monroe and DiMaggio did have a love for each other. I think DiMaggio had a certain expectation of Monroe that once they were to get married, she was going to step back, maybe yeah. be a little bit more submissive and be like that housewife that she was probably because in her first marriage. That's how that's how the times were back then. Mm-hmm. Even if you were an actress and you were married, you did a little bit more, less revealing, more conservative. Oh, yeah. Um, and she was making waves for feminism. A lot of people hate on Marilyn Monroe because they think because she was a sex icon that she set this unrealistic standard for women. She set one of the most revolutionary standards for women. Yes. 
I know this because <laughs> my yes, thesis you know this. paper was um, the topic of my thesis paper as a junior in high school was um, the impacts of beauty in American culture. And there was a list of people we could do our research on and we all had to like pick or draw and like she was one of them luckily there was another girl in the class that wanted her but I got there first <laughs> you're like so I got it sorry bitch and you my can whole... have like well I would, I would say you can have Audrey but Audrey would probably be one of my tops but still she wasn't she... on the list to do I don't do you know what that girl got no I don't remember it was a long ass time ago anyways she was probably like fuck Lisa <laughs> but it was like each paragraph I had to come up with like why she was such an inspiration and why and how she changed how we view things mm-hmm. in America and one of those reasons was because she had the confidence in herself and in her body that made waves for other people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the 1960s where Twiggy became an, a fashion icon and mm-hmm. also an icon in other homes as, or in the modern day home as well yes. with being thin. At that time, having curves and stuff like that was really big and Marilyn was a big part of it. But it was also her confidence in herself, mm-hmm. which is really sad because like it's almost like a facade. Like the fake it till you make it kind of mm-hmm. deal because of everything that she was dealing with internally. She definitely knew how to put on that. Put on a face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was actually going to just mention it was suggested that Marilyn had struggled with drinking and pills and mood swings. Um, but it also just, after like a few maybe reports about the physical abuse, it just wasn't widely spoken. And that ultimately did lead to the divorce of the two Hollywood superstars. And the thing about it is, is that, and you can take a look into DiMaggio's, you know, stopping drinking and seeking therapy. He probably realized he was handling the situation a little bit um, negatively. Gross. I wouldn't say a little bit. I would say definitely negatively because abuse is never okay. But also, uh, you know, that could have catalyst Marilyn into more drinking. I could tell you, you know, drinking is a numbing agent. And pills are sometimes those things that it gives you that I don't give a fuck attitude. And sometimes that can be needed and sometimes it can be too much. But uh, going back to Marilyn creating revolutionary waves. No, she um, owned her body. She was very proud Mm -hmm. of her body. She was probably one of those girls that grew up and got curves very fast and probably had a lot of like unwanted attention there was sexual abuse from one of the foster homes that she had lived in oh, and I physical abuse that. because most times um, sexual abuse will be correlated with physical abuse. It doesn't always happen from the man. It can happen from the woman as well. So um, going back to that, you kind of have to take those factors into consideration when you take it into the fact that everyone knows that you know Marilyn Monroe had a drinking problem or a pill problem or depression and rejection because I think she faced those head on and she is not perfect but I don't think she's also the depressed and rejected Hollywood glamour star that people give her that rap for. Yeah. Um, famous marriage number two was, and we were just talking about this, uh, highly acclaimed. Yes, Arthur Miller. I, I had a feeling you don't like Arthur Miller. No, it's oh. not that I don't <laughs> like Arthur Miller. He's, he pretty much has the same standard for Marilyn as Joe DiMaggio did. But Arthur Miller, he is famous for the playwright uh, Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. 1949. That is a good play. Yeah. Um, but he was also known as, very, he was also very controversial. And because of him, Marilyn actually got into, or interested, 
in politics. Ooh. So I do know that he was political. I don't know the span of her uh, politics in it. Because like I said, I was actually more focused on... Um, there's a documentary you guys should watch on YouTube called The Missing Evidence, The Death of Marilyn Monroe. I was really interested in that. And perhaps that political connection, though, got her into the way of the Kennedys, which we will bring up because, you know, that's Listen. a famous American dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, so uh, some of you may know his famous plays, I'm talking about Arthur Miller, included All My Sons in 1947, as Lisa mentioned, Death of a Salesman in 1949, The Crucible 1953, and Marilyn's last work, The Misfits of 1961. Mm-hmm. In 1951, Miller and Monroe met briefly and they had an affair. It was very known. They had an affair which turned into just staying in contact and eventually wedding shortly after. It is said that Monroe even converted to Judaism to show her loyalty to Miller. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, she did. Yes, yeah. Supposedly, soon after she converted, all of her movies were banned from Egypt. Marilyn expressed to friend Susan Strasberg that she could relate to the Jews. She felt like everyone was out to get her, like the persecution of Jews, um, no matter what she did. She had expressed that she wanted to leave Hollywood and live in the country with Miller. So I find it really funny, and this is, and I should say funny is kind of an odd um, uh, kind of adjective to describe this situation, but I find it maybe ironic is what I should say. So her first two marriages, they both wanted her to be, you know, these submissive stay-at-home housewives, not really see kind of the adventures in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And now she's gone through first her first two marriages. Now she marries Arthur Miller, and she's like head over I heels, honestly, but she wants to be a stay-at-home wife. I honestly don't even know what she saw in Arthur Miller. He's not even that good looking. I think, I think like, she's a sapiosexual. I feel, I really feel like... Marilyn was way out of everyone's league. Yes. Everyone's. She was always the better looking one. Oh, in all of her marriages. And she was just gorgeous. I feel, like I was saying a minute ago, I think she's a sapiosexual. So she's attracted to the intelligence in others, which Arthur Miller, being a playwright and being very politically knowledgeable. Well, she is a Gemini. So she does crave that mental stimulation. Yes. And so that could be very much so what kind of kept her. Perhaps she loved the idea of like that respect humbleness from Joe DiMaggio, but he didn't offer much else. Mm-hmm. Her first husband was a factory worker, which he probably seemed, to my impression, was a simple man. Arthur Miller was complex. You know what I mean? Like, he had those complexities about his character, which probably made him very shifty, but also she probably loved that shifting sands within their marriage. The shift. And it was stated that he was actually very disappointed in Marilyn throughout their marriage. Ew. Uh, From from one account, he didn't even um, attend her funeral. No, and there's a reason for that, because Joe DiMaggio is the one that coordinated everything. Only 31 people was invited. Oh, so Miller said that he didn't come because he didn't want to deal with the controversial people at the funeral. There was only 31 people invited. What controversial people were going to be there? Wait, there was one person. I don't know. We'd have to talk to Arthur Miller about those. (laughs) He's dead, isn't he? Yes. Okay. So, I mean... I'm not going to say on Arthur Miller, but I know that he said that he was just in shock. Which I Hold also, on, let me get my cuts. Joe DiMaggio, I think, was still so in love with Marilyn. He sent her, for the first three <coughs> years of her death, he sent her um, roses, a bouquet of roses. All right, Arthur Miller. <laughs> she got her cards out now. Um, he sent her fresh roses once a month for the first three years of her death. Uh, Joe DiMaggio did. 
Okay, so it was during the filming of The Misfits that Monroe and Miller began to hit some bumps in the road. Monroe was taking medication to sleep and also medication to wake up in the mornings at times. And that caused a lot of issues with Monroe arriving late, as well as difficulties remembering lines. And Miller admitted that filming The Misfits was the lowest part of his life. She also used to take forever to get on stage. And when she needed to go to the bathroom, she was in the bathroom for hours. She was, like, superly impossible to work with. Um, What I also heard, though, is that Miller was notorious, absolutely notorious, for changing lines and scripts the night before. So imagine trying to learn your lines and then someone does a whole shift. And Monroe, for as... um, What a cheeky bitch. Yeah, so that's where I think there's another (laughs) negative stigma over Monroe is that the fact that she was very difficult to work with. But some of the people that she worked for actually made it difficult for her. And yet, you don't see Miller really taking responsibility for that. He's kind of like, well, learn your lines and figure it out. Yes, she was probably late in Maryland, I'm sure. Up there, you'll own that. But also, Miller... Own your shit. Own that you used to change the lines last minute. And then you'd have Monroe, who has also expressed a lot of stage fright and self-consciousness on the stage, Mm -hmm. that she would have to learn. In fact, I don't know if you know this, Lisa. She used to actually break out in a huge rash because of her stage fright. And she would have to wait 20 minutes until it cooled so that way she could actually go back on stage. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's really But they also said that The Misfits, the movie itself, was cursed because Clark Gable died... Like, I think, I don't know, two months? Don't quote me on this. My memory is foggy. (laughs) Um, Clark Gable died of a massive heart attack after the movie was completed. Really? Which I wouldn't be surprised. So the whole idea was that it was a divorced woman seeking the comfort of, like, three kind of misfit souls, right, in the West. I haven't seen it in a very long time Me either. It's been a hot minute. But basically, it's like the turning of the tides and generational gaps and like now what 25-year-olds <clears throat> and above are feeling right now as Gen Z reminds us that millennials are now the old people. Listen here. <laughs> I'm not throwing my skinny jeans out. Nor am I going to part my hair down the middle for you guys. I do it for <laughs> myself, but no one else. <laughs> we went through that awkward phase for you. Yes. So you could come out on top. It's just your be time. Thankful. And then guess what? In five to ten years, it will not be your time. And you're going to get a, a, like, I don't know, a rude oh awakening. I feel like my our parents are just like, hey, remember when you said we looked like idiots? My mom used to be like, there will be a day that you'll realize that trends will constantly repeat. And you'll realize that maybe you're stuck on the old trend. And I was like, Mom, I'm never on the old trend. Now I'm like trying to stay up and I got bubble braids in my hair. And I'm like, you know, I don't mind being the old mountain woman, crickety, like dive bar lover, wine lover. I don't, I do the middle part because I think it looks better with my hair. But I also understand Lisa's point. I'm not doing it for anyone else but myself. Exactly. Not for you Gen Z's hating on millennials. Like, oh, is everyone above 25 okay? Yeah, because we're just above 25. We're not 70. I'm doing okay. My sciatica is kicking up, but you'll learn about that. I do have a few more pops. Like when I bend down, my knees are like, (laughs) pop, pop. (laughs) Cool, okay. All right, so back to Marilyn because she will never die. She is a legacy. 
Hey, my dudes, it's me, Lisa, from your favorite podcast, Murder on the 420 Express. Listen, I'll make this real quick because, you know, what we're talking about right now is real interesting. So let's get to it. The Misfit Project. It's my very own brand. Now you can get merch for your favorite podcast, you know, Murder on the 420 to your own tattoo designs, to commissioned artwork for a loved one, business or recreational piece. It's my very own brand. So the possibilities to bring out your very own misfit are endless. So if you're interested, which I know you are, go to themisfitproject.myshopify.com to get your hands on something that you'll love. So yeah, well, let's get back to this uh, dope episode. Okay, bye. Lindsay, you can She's suck my butt if that's what you think. Um, after a five-year marriage and filming with Miller and Monroe, they got a divorce only months before her death. So let's go oh. into the famous affairs because we know that Marilyn had three failed marriages. And I say failure not in a negative way, but I say failure as like they just were not successful in the long term. Are we talking about the affair, the one coming up about her and her doctor? Are we Mm, going to talk about that? mm -hmm. Because I have words. You're going to have a lot of words. So (laughs) it was said that Marilyn had an affair with JFK, Attorney General Robert Kennedy as well. I feel like that guy had more to do with it. Oh, yeah, let me John. get into this. This is going to be... Okay. This is going to be a moment. I'm going to sit down. Her psychiatrist and quote-unquote good doctor, doc, Dr. Ralph Greenson, as well as many, many others, but those are the three that I really want to focus on. That guy can suck a butt, too. Yeah, there was some famous mafia affiliates, but we'll go back to this. So, final months, days, and hours. Uh, her um, wiki research on her death is stated on her page that the last film that Monroe completed was John Huston's The Misfits, which Miller had written to provide her with a dramatic role. She played a recently divorced woman who became friends, oh here it is, with three aging cowboys played by Clark Gable, <laughs> Eli Wallach, and Montgomery <laughs> Clift. Oh, just what we were talking here about. Here it is. Like you forgot it was in there. Yeah, well, because I... I didn't really read it. I wanted to post the last film, but I was like, I'd seen it. So I was like, that's all I remember. And this was all in the desert, Nevada desert between July and November of 1960. Monroe Miller's ma- marriage was affi- effectively, not officially, effectively over and began a new relationship with set photographer um, Ing Mora. I don't know if you knew about that. Monroe disliked that he had based her role partly on her life and thought it was inferior to the male roles. She also struggled with Miller's habit of rewriting the scenes the night before filming. Her health was also failing as she was in pain from gallstones and her drug addiction was so severe that her makeup was usually put on while she was asleep or under the influence of barbiturates. In August, filming was halted for her to spend a week in the hospital to detox. Despite her problems, Houston stated that when Monroe was acting, she was not pretending to, to an emotion. It was the real thing. She would go deep down within herself and bring it to that consciousness. On June 7th, Fox fired Monroe and sued her for $750,000 in damages. She was re- replaced by Lee Remick, but after Martin refused to make the film with anyone other than Monroe, Fox sued him as well and shut down the production. The studio blamed Monroe for the film's demise, and it began spreading negative publicity about her, even alleging that she was mentally disturbed. 
Fox soon regretted its decision and reopened negotiations with Monroe later in June. A settlement about a new contract, including recommencing Something's Got to Give and a starring role in the black comedy What a Way to Go in 1964 was reached later that summer. She was also planning to star in a biopic of Jean Harlow. To repair her public image, Monroe engaged in several publicity ventures, including interviews for Life and Cosmopolitan and her first photo shoot for Vogue. For Vogue, she and the photographer Bert Stern collaborated for two series of photographs, one standard fashion editorial and the other one of her posing nude. So she was once again, and I, I, people are going to say, oh, that's just such playboy. No, she was using her body very effectively to show A, that it was artistic, but B, she's going to get your attention. Mm-hmm. She's going to show Fox what is up. Mm-hmm. Um, these were published posthumously, so after she died, and the title was The Last City. Monroe had lived at 12305 5th Helena Drive in Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles. Her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, was staying overnight at the home on the evening of August 4th, 1962. And so I'm kind of going into this because we just talked about her affairs. But now we're going into her death and you're going to see why I mentioned those three I don't infamous affairs. I trust that housekeeper. I do and I don't. I feel I like, you know, when someone's her. like paid off or when someone's like threatened with their life, that's how I felt she like was with Eunice fuck. acted. Dr. Ralph Greenson, who arrived at the house shortly after and broke into a bedroom window um, to find Monroe dead in her bed. Monroe's physician, Dr. Hyman Engelberg, arrived at 3.50 a.m. and pronounced her dead at the scene at 4.25 a.m. So literally hours after they had found her at 4.25 a.m., the LAPD was finally notified. Monroe died between 8.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. on August 4th, and the toxicology toxicology report showed that the cause of death, and this is to be highly debated, was acute barbiturate poisoning. Now, why it's highly debated is because some of the tissue samples were actually went missing. They disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to them. Are you ready for this? As well as, one second, as well as acute barbiturate poisoning doesn't mean that you committed suicide. It means that you could have been poisoned. So, are you ready for this? Yes. There was two autopsies performed on her body and two causes of death. But because there was two Emmys working on her, they ruled out the possibility of something actually happening to her was and kept it well, as a suicide. Was the second autopsy, was it asphyxiation? I don't remember. I know that there was two Emmys that did the review of her death or her autopsy or whatever. And um, one was done by a... Um, I forgot his name, but he's like a a Chinese or an Asian dude. Yeah, Um, I have him later in here. I forgot his name. Um, Thomas something. It start. I feel like it starts with an N. Yeah, it's Noguchi or something. Yes, something like that. Thomas Noguchi, actually. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was the guy who originally did the autopsy Mm -hmm. on her and found that there was... Something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And then the second one that was done, like you can't have two autopsy reports. So one of them got pushed to the side. Just so you know. Exactly. So, and the reason why is possibly um, there could have been racial bias. There also could have been, um, you know, who studied in medical school longer. 
So going back once again, I want to say her famous affairs, keep these names in mind, JFK, Attorney General Bob Kennedy, and her psychiatrist and doctor, Ralph Greenson, as well as some mafia affiliates. So going back, we're going to talk about the conspiracies on Monroe's death because she died between 8.30 and 10.30 p.m. Uh, Greenson arrived at the house shortly after and broke through the bedroom window to find, quote unquote, to find Monroe dead. Um, Monroe's physician, Dr. Hyman Engelberg, arrived at 3.50, so hours after she had been found dead and pronounced her dead at the scene. So Dr. Greenson never pronounced her dead. Dr. Engelberg did at 4.25. So from 10.30 to 4.25, there was a lot of, uh, I would say, kind of chaotic activity in the house. Um, the LAPD was finally notified. Conspiracies on Monroe's death. There's a theory that before Marilyn was found dead that she had planned to release details of her famous affairs to break up the marriages between JFK and Jackie O because of his rejections towards her after not leaving his wife. She had also planned on sharing details of her affair with JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy, because he would also not leave his wife. So, going back on that theory where you said there was chaotic energy throughout the house until yes. LAPD was notified. Yes. Just so you know, she had a red diary that had literally yes. everything. Every, mm-hmm. Everything about it. And you know what's funny? Huh. No one can no one can find it. No one oh, knows yeah. where I it is. I actually have that in my notes because I never knew that Marilyn Monroe had a diary and so what they say happened is that JFK and Marilyn Monroe had an affair. Okay. And JFK refused to leave his wife and that Marilyn had become obsessed with becoming a first lady. Why perhaps you so obsessing? <laughs> yeah. And perhaps because she wanted to get more politically involved and she thought that that would be like her stage setting. I already have my diagram of the theory that I've had for years. Yes. Just so everyone's aware, I'm ready to share that with the world. (laughs) So because we had talked about like how Miller was very political and Miller kind of sparked that interest as well as she was very much so in love with Miller. So DiMaggio was in love with Marilyn. I feel like Marilyn was in love with Miller and then saw like progress with the president or his attorney general brother. Um, So... Bob Kennedy was in a car, and this was what places him in L.A., because the next morning he was spotted, like, hours north in Gilroy, California. So Bob Kennedy was in a car that was pulled over leaving Los Angeles area, as well as the housekeeper, Eunice Murray, eventually told people that she had seen him over at the house twice. He had ended the relationship with Marilyn Monroe that same day, and she and Marilyn had kicked him out for the first time, and the second time was later, closer to her death. Going back to those mafia connections, because that's also part of this, it was stated by a few witnesses that Marilyn had made a presence at the Cal Nevada Lodge up in Lake Tahoe at the request of some prominent producers and mob affiliates. She had a public breakdown and threatened to expose Kennedy. The timeline doesn't add up, though, because this was stated to have happened the day before she passed away. Um, that, uh, that even though she was... Um, supposedly at the Cal Nevada Lodge, she was seen in L.A. that same day. It's really strange because there's more people placing her and witnessing her in L.A. the day prior and obviously the day of her murder Mm -hmm. rather than Lake Tahoe. But why would people like Buddy Greco say that he was there with Marilyn? And why would um, 
what is his name? He's in my notes right here. Um, Sam Giancana, the biggest mob boss in America, also say that he was there to watch performances like Marilyn Monroe. So, long story short, there's a theory that the mob killed Monroe because Kennedy, the president, and Kennedy's brother, the attorney general, would intervene on the cases presiding over the mob at the time. But if you take that into consideration, many people rule out that theory because she was worth more alive as an asset to the, to the mob if she had so many secrets on Kennedy than she was dead. So she could be a revolving asset on that end. Singer Buddy Greco was the heading act along with many more um, that state to have seen Monroe at the lodge. In fact, stating that she had walked into the lodge. Everyone turned their focus to her the day before she was, or before she was killed, before she died. And she publicly said, okay. why the fuck is everyone looking at me? And stormed out. And someone had re replied back to her as she was storming out. Because you're Marilyn Monroe. Like, obviously, we're staring at you because you're Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Well, quit looking. Yes. Okay, so that kind of rules out, but I thought it was really crazy because Lisa and I actually live very close to Lake Tahoe. So the Cal Nevada Lodge, this was the first time that I had heard that she even had an appearance at the Cal Nevada Lodge and that the mob was even suspected of her death. But I find it kind of funny because JFK's death was also suspected by the mob. Oh, and we'll get into that. Yes. In my theories. And, you know, another famous uh, kind of celebrity death. Her death was ruled suicide by the first, or uh, ruled suicide, but the first detective, Sergeant Jack Clemens on the case, who was replaced within hours after being there, deemed it possible murder because although she was known to take medication, there was no glass of water next to her bed where eight pill bottles, eight pill bottles. No one can swallow that many. Yes, were placed with caps put back on the bottles meticulously. Like normally in a situation like that, people just take the pills and yeah, not. Bruh, you did a sloppy cover up, whoever the fuck you are. You did it sloppy. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that because <laughs> there's a few more names. So um, the arrangement of the body also nude and face down didn't let, like so line sad. up. The housekeeper was very evasive. Here you go, Lisa, and vague. And Clemens immediately Bitch suspected murder. was sketchy. She yes. was fucking sketchy. Um, but, like I said, Clemens was immediately suspected uh, suspected murder, but he was replaced by Sergeant Marvin Enon, or Enon, I can't remember his last name. The many um, who showed up with, or the man who showed up with Peter Lawford and Pat Newcomb, another tie to the Kennedys as... Marvin, Sergeant Marvin, was a security guard for Bobby Kennedy at one time. So this security guard sergeant was deemed fit to be a detective presiding over the case of Marilyn Monroe's death, which I thought was strange. And he replaced the original sergeant that believed in foul play over Marilyn Monroe's death because of her placement of her body, nude, face down, and the eight pill bottles with no glass of water. Like, you're not just going to swallow a bunch of pills, like Lisa said. Sketchy as fuck. Yes. The first responders on scene, as well as the housekeeper, so three total, it was the um, the ambulance driver, the ambulance technician, or like EMT, as well as Eunice Murray, stated that Marilyn was murdered before their eyes by her psychiatrist, Greenson. He asked the resuscitation be stopped by the responder who had actually brought Marilyn's color back to her face, and she had started to kind of wake up again. Um, 
Greenson actually broke a rib while trying to administer what he told them was a chemical that induced adrenaline. The first responders state that they were able to revive Marilyn, but with the flimsy administering of the shot, snapping of the rib, it appeared that she was murdered in front of them and then placed on the bed before officers arrived. So when they found her, she was on her back because that would be the way that you would be able to administer the shot. And what it appears is that the adrenaline that was supposedly administered to the shot actually got jammed. And that's why Greenson had to break a rib because he jammed it further and like literally just shot they whatever it was into her heart and they can't necessarily determine if that was a chemical that induced adrenaline or if it was a poison um so the first responder didn't realize that his events were not accounted till 1982 when i guess the police reports went more public or there was a re-examination of the case james hall was that first responder uh, Greensum, her doctor, had arrived about four hours earlier to when the police report states that he arrived. So in the initial report, he stated that he arrived along the same time of the police, but he had actually arrived four hours earlier and found Marilyn Monroe. And that actually changed in the second police report. But the initial police report, he lied. He lied or they wrote it and lied for him. Bitches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so James Hall, that first responder, his statements were dismissed because he was seen as an attention seeker, even though he had never saw any publicity for it. The only time he actually made this known was in 1982 after he found out that the initial report never accounted his statement of seeing Dr. Greensome basically murder Monroe. Yeah. And he took 14 polygraph tests, all passed, and he never changed his story. Yeah. One, four. Crazy. God dang. And he passed all of them with flying colors and never, ever, ever changed his story. So why would he? He's the paramedic. Yeah. And so like he's thinking that he's trying to save a life. And that, I guess, haunted him because he thought he was on the verge of saving Marilyn Monroe. And to see Greensome like put in that shot, which as a psychiatrist, you should never carry a shot like that around is what I was hearing. So like Greenson pulled this shot out of his like briefcase, gave it to her, and basically that's when she had passed away. They okay, were already first reviving of all, her. How would he know to have that with him? Thank you. How would he know? I mean, I guess if he was prescribing her, because he was a psychiatrist, I guess if he was prescribing her medicine that he knew could possibly be harmful if she OD'd, maybe. I'm pretty sure Narcan isn't a thing back then. When, yeah, I'd have to do research on when Narcan came out. But also, I find that to be... I know that they had, like, adrenaline-inducing chemicals and stuff. So there was three other people that were present before the cops even got there. And that was Peter Lawford, Bob Kennedy's brother-in-law. And Pat Newcomb, which is Marilyn's uh, publicist. As well as L.A. detective Marvin... I can't pronounce his last name. Inu? Or Inau? Um, but he was the sergeant that replaced the original mm -hmm. detective. Ew. So Alrighty. Newcomb and Lawford also stated that it was a suicide and refused to make any further comments on it until Peter Lawford, uh, Bob Kennedy's brother-in-law and really good friend of Monroe, lost favor with the Kennedys, and he finally spoke out. Marilyn Monroe's friend. All right, so Peter Lawford. Once again, he is Robert Kennedy's brother-in-law. Uh, like I said, he lost favor with the Kennedys and spoke out about Marilyn's death. Marilyn Monroe was a friend of his for many years and knew about another affair that she'd been having with Dr. Ralph Greenson. 
So the psychiatrist who had stopped the resuscitation and administered the fatal shot, also known as her good doctor. He also knew of the call from Robert Kennedy to Greensome the day that Marilyn died. Bobby, or Robert Kennedy, told Greensome that Marilyn had been wanting to disclose both of their affairs, as well as JFK, and that she needed to be silenced, which... Well, they fucking did, didn't they? Which is so fucked. Like, excuse me, but Marilyn Monroe. Like, yes, she was a powerful woman, but it just shows if this is truly what happened. It shows what little dicked people there are out there because they want to put it in everything, but they don't want it exposed to their wives because it could cause bad publicity. I'm sorry, but you made a very conscious choice to have an affair. I just want to know whatever she knew because it had to be something. I think it was beyond pillow talk and sex, to be honest with you. I think maybe they shared some secrets that. That's what I'm saying. Personally, probably shared. What did she get herself into? I want to know. She was smart. She was, and I say this with the highest respect, I think she was like a master manipulator, like a puppet master, you know, where she was like, well, I've got this, I've got this. Like, she was powerful. I don't necessarily... See, here's the thing. It can't just be Marilyn. So who was Marilyn working for? Is that goes into your theory? I mean, it's just a little light bulb that kind of goes off in my head. doesn't really work into my theory because my theory (laughs) is very triangulated. I I have a couple theories about that. So anyways, so... Um, Three top affairs to be exposed, although it was only known at the time that there was a possible leak with her and JFK and not anyone else. Even though JFK painted, and this is a theory, the picture that um, Robert Kennedy and Greenson would also be exposed. So JFK from the theory is that JFK was only actually knew that his affair was going to be exposed, but he, as the president, didn't want to have any dirty work done. So he told his brother, or he, yeah, he told his brother, who was also having an affair with Marilyn, that, hey, she's going to expose your affair too, and you're going to lose your wife and your political standing. On top of that, then Robert Kennedy told Greensum the same play that JFK had with his brother, hey, Greensum, your affair is going to be exposed. You're going to lose your license and you're going to lose your marriage and everything you've worked for. So these three men, on basis of fear of one man, JFK, all were in cahoots how with each did, other. How did the Kennedys know about um, Greenson? So because... Like, how did they know that she was having an affair with him unless they're the ones who hired him? Peter Lawford. Peter okay. Lawford is the brother-in-law to Robert Kennedy, and Peter Lawford was a great friend of Marilyn Monroe who exposed the affair between Marilyn and Greensome to Robert Kennedy. And then Robert Kennedy basically Some great friend, you are, why are you airing her dirty laundry, you motherfucker? specifically stated he could hear the moans from Marilyn, which is creepy as fuck. I'm sorry, but you're listening to your friend have sex, as well as the muted bed springs. Tell me we haven't even... We've all been there. We've all had roommates. We've all had thin walls. But I think Peter Lawford, he said he was an unwilling participant in the murder of Marilyn Monroe. I do believe that he also might have had something for her. And that's where his his, uh, part became involved. So all involved to help prevent the secret of all their affairs coming out to the media. And um, Dr. Greenson (coughs) eventually regrets in letters after everything went down for having feelings for Marilyn Monroe uh, via a letter that does signify the affair between them. 
and the involvement of Lawford and Greensome on behalf of Bobby Kennedy. Now, he doesn't say that in, in the letters. What he states is the acknowledgement of sexual desires and a possible affair. So, Mary Leibowitz, back to the ambulance um, and the EMT technicians and ambulance um, people, I should say. She was, or he, was also a witness to Marilyn's murder. I don't know if Mary was a he or she. It didn't say, but... Um, that was another account and stated that Dr. Greensome had, in fact, murdered Marilyn. So, 11.25, Marilyn was suspected to be killed, but it wasn't until 4 to 5 a.m. when the police were finally called. At 12.10 p.m., so almost an hour after Marilyn was supposedly killed, Lynn Franklin, a highly decorated officer, pulls over Peter Lawford, Greensome, the doctor, and in the passenger in the passenger seat, and Attorney General Robert Kennedy in the back seat, all in the same car in LA on the night of the murder. Now, mind you, have you ever gotten a sweet ass love letter from a friend in the mail? Do you remember that feeling of just being like, "Oh man, they fucking remembered me, and they fucking love me." Well, what if that letter was not a letter in the mail, but a pie delivered to your house? That's right. A sweet, wonderful, delicious, scrumptious pie made by yours truly, Mandy. That's right, coming soon, mandyspies.com. You'll be able to place orders for friends, loved ones, coworkers, uh, neighbors, maybe people you don't like, maybe people you don't know, anyone, maybe for yourself, for apple, peach, or cherry sweet pies and savory pies. Say you don't want to cook. It's been a long ass day and you just want a wonderful homemade dinner, but you don't want a dinner guest and you don't want to go out. That's right. I also do savory pies, currently offering a wonderful chicken pot pie made and baked with love. And if you are not a meat eater, I can do the vegetarian veggie delicious pot pie as well so once again mandy's pie is coming soon hope you all place your order uh robert kennedy was spotted in gilroy california the following morning but this officer specifically pulled him over an hour after another timeline dictates that marilyn monroe was killed what are the odds of being pulled over Oh, yeah. Well, um, they were doing over 70 in a 35-mile range. Probably trying to get away from the crime scene. Exactly. And they said that they were taking Bobby to the Beverly Hotel, but they were going in the wrong direction. Oh, I heard that. Yes. They were theorized to have been trying to lie in the event of getting Bobby Kennedy out of L.A. So going back to Thomas Noguchi, the L.A. County Coroner's Office was assisted in their investigation by L.A. Los Angeles suicide prevention team who had expert knowledge on suicide. Monroe's doctor stated that she had been quote prone to severe fears and frequent depressions with abrupt and unpredictable mood changes and this could be another reason why Greenson was carrying around the adrenaline in his pocket is because she had apparently overdosed several times and they believe that it was possibly intentionally. Due to these facts and the lack of any indication of foul play, supposedly, mm. Deputy Coroner Thomas Noguchi uh, ruled her death a possible possible suicide. But he had asked for more organ samples, and he was told that they had been disposed of. So he was not able to fully conclude any of the foul, uh, play, mm-hmm. foul play thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
1985, another character comes into play. His name was Fred Otash, and he was a private investigator, and he spoke about a private meeting he had with Peter Lawford when he randomly showed up to Otash's house, completely disorientated, off, like, quote-unquote, like he was off, in a state of shock. He tells Otash that he would like arrangements to have the house of Monroe searched to get all evidence linking the Kennedys to Maryland found, and this included letters and diaries. The Red Diary. The Red Diary. The Red 1962 Diary. Uh, Eunice Murray, the housekeeper... What is it? That should be a band name. The Red Diary. The Red Diary. Or at least like an album. Um, right. Eunice Murray, the housekeeper, stated to have given Marilyn Monroe's infamous Red Diary to the coroner's office. And Deputy Coroner's aide insisted that the diary was handed to him specifically and that he locked it in a safe overnight. But it was missing the following day. This supposed diary, which they have not concluded is an actual object or not, is the key to all of Marilyn Monroe's affairs and ones that many powerful men did not want leaked out. Yes. Again, who was Marilyn working for? Well, and is it odd? You just spoke about Marilyn's possible communistic connection. And she chose a red diary. Like, it wasn't like a black book, but she chose Are red Are you saying diary. she was a communist? No. I, oh. I mean... I mean, that's kind of what it's hinting at. Like, if you think about it, like, let's that use common sense. to, like, the communism. I don't know. She wanted the equality, which is big. Like, so communism, uh, in its faction of being on paper and, like, a contractual bind with, like, a society, communism doesn't have a lot of bad fashions because it has more of an egalitarian structure. Mm -hmm. So it's not that far-fetched with a woman who's dealt with so much oppression and, you know, um, but if pay downgrades to want to be equal towards men and maybe communism was an ideology of hers. Maybe I should just hold on to this until we're finished, or until you're finished with that. But if I she was so doped, okay, so if she was so doped up and pretty much in a like zombified state because let's be honest that's where she was yes um who is to say that she would have the clarity in order to be a self-rising person like she's the one that actively had a plan to go in and do this and then to do this kind of like espionage maybe she had like a charles manson to where she did the dirty work but she had someone that like convinced her of this ahead of her I am. It's your theory. <laughs> Arthur Miller. Like, exactly. Arthur Miller. Exactly. And she was so in love and she just wanted to have a simple life with him. But uh, it just, it doesn't add up. Are you going to finish? Yes. Okay. In 1982, re-examination of the case stated no diary ever existed. Interesting. Because somebody found it. Exactly. Mm. Also, Marilyn's house had been tapped. I don't know if anyone actually knows, but her house was tapped. And the tapes that were produced from bugging of, the bugging of her house, Ray Strait and Fred Otash, so two investigators, claimed to have heard all corresponding evidence um, that linked Bobby Kennedy's involvement, as well as the murder, which they said they originally tried to kill her via a pillow suffocation after giving her medicine. Um, Otash mm. died, so Fred Otash died, and Strait, Ray Strait, claims that the tapes disappeared and that Otash's house immediately after he passed away were sealed and cleaned out by what was believed to be the FBI or CIA. 
CIA is more believable. In this. And he had three houses, and all of them were searched and sealed and cleaned. And I he can't. only died. Like, he wasn't in three locations when he died, guys. No. So why would you have to have all of that? And why would you also have to have your house sealed and cleaned? Now, these are all what was said by straight, Ray Straight. So, I mean, there could be a lot of speculation on that. But it's also very interesting if there wasn't. Mm -hmm. The housekeeper and handyman saw Peter Lawford help move Marilyn's body from a guest cottage on the property to her room. And it is theorized that she was placed face down to hide the needle injection mark made by Dr. Greensim because of the way that the the blood pools. pools. It's facing down on her chest, so it would actually hide the injection Which mark. is terrible because she was also face down. So when they had to prepare her body, they had to, like, cut and pull her skin because of how it pooled on her face. Because, oh, like, when they flipped her back over, it was just... If you see autopsy pictures, which I'll find some and I'll post them. Yeah. Um, she all very, the like, blo- alien it, kind of? No, it looked like she got beat up. because of where the blood pooled and settled and stuff so getting her ready they had to they had to you know death becomes her yeah they had to make her look like Marilyn the one that we all know yeah um so Lee Strasberg her acting coach had letters from Marilyn that was released 50 years after her death um that stated that right before she passed away that it was the happiest time of her life and she was right then right before her death Um, excited for the future. The notion that Marilyn Monroe was on the decline actually is not accurate. She had just come back in the highlight regions of her career, money, and affairs. Per the missing evidence documentary that I watched on YouTube, which is wonderful, there's a statement that says, she was on the dawn of her greatest breakthrough at the age of 36. Fox wanted to hire her back with the largest salary she'd ever had. Las Vegas wanted her for a minimum of $100,000 a week. Right. And she was demanded literally everywhere. It was the total opposite of rejection. Again. She had been so greatly wanted that it would just not seem fitting for suicide. It would not seem fitting to... She was obviously wanted more alive than she was dead. By the mob, by careers, by production companies. So the only people that you can really tie to wanting her dead was if she was people going that didn't to want sabotage her something. All right. So what's your theory? Hold on, I'm going to blow on this ice. Oh, yes. theory. my theory. Okay. Let's see if we hit jackpot. So Mar- go- going back to Marilyn and her marriage with Arthur Miller, we kind of like touch base on this, but I'm going to go back to it real quick. Oh, yeah. She converted over to Judaism. Yes. Um, she also got really heavily into whatever he was into at the time. And because he was so political, mm-hmm. she really got a taste for it. And you have seen actors, take Ronald Reagan for instance. Mm-hmm. He's a really big one that I know that really went political and actors they can do that and there's a mm-hmm. lot of them that do yeah um you it's have a, a platform, platform for it. yeah use it so because of this in this infatuation that she had with arthur miller which again i don't understand why maybe he was just that captivated. i didn't think he was that good looking but i think it there was, was something there was something about it that she was like this is it yes this is where i yes. want to go like something sparked in her and she's like Let's do this. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I do want to point out that she did come from a, a, her family 
with a lot of mental obstacles to go through. Mm -hmm. So her being medicated in order to help her with that, again, it doesn't have to be public. She doesn't, Mm -hmm. she can request that, obviously. I don't know if HIPAA was around, Mm -hmm. but uh, obviously she has the right to enclose or seal her records records of if she was being treated for any type of mental illness, like Mm -hmm. schizophrenia or bipolar, because she does have those really good highs and those really bad lows. Yes. But towards the end of her death, she was more sedated Mm -hmm. to the point where they really did think she was a dumb blonde, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So if they just fed her, sedated her, Mm -hmm. she's dumb, she's not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. But... You and I know Mm -hmm. she was probably more savvy than we thought Mm -hmm. or let on. So with her involvement with Arthur Miller, Mm -hmm. I believe this is during the time that she had an affair with JFK. Okay. Or more so kind of leaning in towards Robert Kennedy because he's not as in the public eye Mm -hmm. or prominent um, via Arthur Miller. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's how she got in her ties. So she was so in love with Miller, but she decided to have an affair to be. I think it was something about where Miller was going Mm -hmm. that she was like, "I want to be there, but not necessarily have him by her side." Do you know what I mean? Kind of like she was using him. I see that more. It's so interesting, and I just can't. I just continue to reflect on the statement that Arthur Miller put out that he was so disappointed in her. Not even just with the misfits. It was a very vague disappointment upon their relationship. And I found that to be very odd because she had given up so much to be with him that in my mind, he sounded extremely narcissistic. I can see that. And if you've ever gone through anything that's like narcissistic abuse, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, it's the 50s. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she was more strong-willed than we ever let on mm-hmm. because, again, the dumb blonde facade. Mm-hmm. So, she's tied in with the Kennedys now. Mm-hmm. The Kennedys, we all know, they're lawyers, or they mm-hmm. come from a lawyer type of background. Yes. That the mob is obviously mm-hmm. in ties with that. So, in order for the Kennedys to get ahead, they have to pay the mob for the mob to be on their side in order to get votes and to go into politics. Mm-hmm. When you have politics, you have kind of... I don't want to say, like, a criminal-esque background or, yes. like, public enemy number one type of dealio. I think there's but... a lot more that goes on. It's kind of like the pros and cons, what's going to be mm-hmm. what's going to be working best in your benefit, even if it's legal or illegal. Exactly. So, after her divorce with Arthur Miller, yes. this is when I believe Greensun comes into, or Greensun comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um he green was sum within green them. sum. Thank yeah. you. No worries. I get he was me personally. I think he was hired on and kept in the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say Arthur Miller had anything to do with her death, but I definitely think that there is a step. Like he played his part. Yes. Type of deal because yes. he knew he's like, oh, my ex-wife, she's gonna go public with this. He's possibly going to be dragged in with it because mm-hmm. at that time, you can't tell me that she had an affair with, I don't know how many people within like a month or two time span or six, mm-hmm. was it six months after? Yes. You can't tell, she can't get around that hard, like that fast. It's the, well, come also, on Well, most of her marriages and stuff, I believe, started with affairs. Like most of her stuff started with affairs. Probably. So, I mean, she was, had an affair with, okay, she had an affair with 
Robert Kennedy, and I think that was her connection to JFK, yes. and then having an affair with his brother, which I thought, first off, that's got to be a weird dynamic. So, back to my theory. Obviously, you all have the, what happened to her death, so I'm not going to, like, go into detail yeah. again. But I definitely think, if we're tying in mob ties, think about when Jimmy Hoffa went missing. Okay, you're going to have to fill me in a little bit on this. So, Jimmy Hoffa is that famous mobster that supposedly went missing and nobody knows where he is. Oh, okay. Nobody knows where he's buried. Nothing. It's at the bottom of Lake Tahoe. He just disappeared, right? No. Um, and it was like, uh, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, and I didn't write it down, but supposedly the death that correlates between when Jimmy Hoffa went missing, when the Kennedys got assassinated, um, Marilyn Monroe's death was the start of it. Yes. And because they killed her off, because she knew something, there was that domino effect of, this is going to go public. Mm-hmm. Somebody, we have to cut off all loose ends. Well, there's Italian mafia ties person. to JFK instead of just some random guy shooting that he's mad at politics. There's always these like weird little But that's another thing. It's like, how is the, oh, I mean, I guess because of Mussolini, but like the communism factor, yeah. right? Is that... There's this big, like something big is happening and you got to cut off all the loose ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because so many people know too much. Yeah. But like I said, I think Marilyn knew more than she let on, wanted more than she let on, mm-hmm. and was trying to get ahead yeah. and ended up getting herself killed. Which I think is like a classic kind of mob tale, to be honest like with you. It's espionage if you exactly. think about it. Exactly. Like she was a spy on both sides. Maybe. I want to see a movie. Yeah, make my theory not into a, a movie. week with Marilyn that portrays her to be just like this doped up emotional broad. But I want to actually see like a week with Marilyn where you knew that she was intelligent. What if all of those breaks that she took and it took her so long to get out on stage? What if those were the times that she was actually like working? Yeah, if you quote unquote get me like yeah. working. Yeah, trying to get stuff. I mean, that's why there's a whole thing about like communism spies also in the U.S. too. There's a whole huge There's just link like here. this whole yeah, because that was Glamour like during Hollywood. the like the start of like the Cold War. If yes. you think about it. Exactly. It's just crazy to me, but I really do honestly think that like Jimmy Hoffa's death is somewhere intertwined because he was also supposedly the one that gave the okay and how to get rid of somebody yes. to Robert Kennedy, yes. and then he took it to Greensome, yes. and then they just did their thing. And I, oh, honest to 100%. God, believe the housekeeper is in on it somehow. Like she the is like one of those and the spies. handyman are really mentioned a lot because you see them. So when the first uh, sergeant uh, detective showed up, Eunice Murray was cleaning the bed sheets. Why the fuck are you cleaning a crime scene, bitch? That's like not... Why? He didn't say specifically hers, but like a set of bed sheets. And he thought that that was odd. Like, why are, why are you cleaning at this hour? Also, can I just mention, when Marilyn was found... So the um, housekeeper had acknowledged that Marilyn's light was on at 8 o'clock. They put yeah, her time of death anywhere light? between like... Eight and um, that's what like she midnight. noticed is that her light stayed on. It never turned. But that off. means that Eunice was up, up 
the entire time. So I and think that if Eunice it? wasn't part of it, I think that Eunice, Eunice knew something was going on and she just knew to not be part of it. Eunice, you're telling me you didn't hear anything? Mm-hmm. You're d- so recap. Marilyn Monroe is a Gemini, born June yes. 1st, 1926. She died during Leo season. I always get it mixed up. Yes, she died during Leo season. And so she was born to a mother that was labeled as a paranoid schizophrenic who actually worked in production. Marilyn had gone to 12 different foster homes, uh, many of which were uh, verbally, mentally, physically, and also at times sexually abusive. Um, She overcame um, that and was married off at the age of 16 to a factory worker. While being married to a factory worker, um, she found herself very bored. She ended up working in World War II in a factory herself and was discovered. That's where she got her modeling career. Long story forward, um, she did first put out some nude photos and she was greatly acclaimed for that Hugh Hefner's obsession with her, which we acknowledged. Um, she eventually went into acting, which she built a very amazing career and got a Golden Globe for her role in Some Like It Hot in 1959 and her last role being The Misfits in 1961. Her famous marriages included her second marriage, which was to Hollywood athlete Joe DiMaggio. Um, she also married in her second or in her third famous marriage. Um, or her third marriage, which was to oh, famous God. playwright Arthur Miller, who... She should have never married that fucker. She seemed a lot more in love with Arthur Miller than DiMaggio, but DiMaggio was more in love with her. Um, it was suggested that she struggled with, uh, drinking pills and mood swings, but also dealt with abuse within her marriages, which, if I were to look at her abuse with DiMaggio, which was notably physical abuse, I wonder if there was any abuse, because usually if you've been abused, I would say you can mentally. fall into red flag marriages, and maybe Arthur Miller had a little bit of that as well. That's just not spoken about. He definitely about. probably wasn't physically abusive, but definitely mentally abusive. That's what I assume. Like, you know, just the fact that he said, like, dis- obviously that comment affected me, but, like, you're such a disappointment. Like, screw you. Yeah. Um, DiMaggio did, after her death, like I said, send roses every single month, so every four weeks, to her grave site uh, for the first three years. Go, Joe. Actually, I think it might have been longer. I think it might have been up to 20 years, but I'll have to look at that. So, um, The Misfits was supposedly a reflection on Monroe, and she felt very upset about that because it showed, like, the social construct of men being more prevalent than women. Um, she lived in the Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles, and her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, was staying overnight at the home, along with, for whatever reason, the handyman was there on the evening of August 4th, 1962. Um, Dr. Ralph Greensom, along with the housekeeper and a couple others, were first, first on site, and that Dr. Ralph Greenson had actually, or I'm sorry, it's son with an N, not M. Oh, so I was saying it right. You were saying it right. Uh, that he broke through the bedroom window, found Marilyn. Um, for some reason, there was an ambulance uh, right around the corner from Marilyn's house. And they're the ones that had witnessed supposedly the murder of Marilyn Monroe. But yet the police were still not notified until hours after her death. Um, so the theory is that either she was killed by the mob, which we kind of ruled out because of her short stay at the Cal Nevada Lodge that people are very like not sure if she was actually there or not, or that um, JFK had planted the seed into his brother Robert Kennedy's head and that Robert Kennedy had planted the seed into Dr. Ralph Greenson's head that between them along with Peter Lawford, so four men total, even though Peter didn't have a supposed affair with Monroe, that she needed to be silenced in order to protect the American political dynasty known as the Kennedys. Mm. Now, this is all speculation. All speculation. 
Um, Again, my theory is a speculation, so don't come for me. Yeah. That... <laughs> It sounds to me like Miller was like, like I said, the Manson, like Charles Manson of Marilyn Monroe, and that maybe she had been subdued and influential to his thought process. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she was so in love with him, she converted to a religion. She wanted to live a simple life with him, that perhaps in doing so, she did become kind of his spy or a political spy. A and political kind of, toy. Yeah. Rifled the a feathers. Tool. Exactly. And so, um, long story short, we don't know if she committed suicide or was actually murdered. It is obviously labeled as suicide, but what I can tell you is that, especially even given the letters, um, you know, that she had sent to, um, who was it, Lee Strasberg, her acting coach, that she was hitting the highlight of her career and that she had no plans on stopping. So the fact, and this was multiple letters, so the fact that they claimed that she had been dealing with rejection and heartbreak from Hollywood and that she was going down the tube and all sorts of stuff doesn't fully make sense. But we also don't understand depression Mm. as much as we think that we do. So I'm not ruling that out, that depression could have led to suicidal tendencies or maybe she did take too much. All Mm. I can say is... We don't know. And I know that you wanted to kind of bring up Britney Spears a little bit just in talking about Marilyn Monroe. Because it's eerily, creepily familiar. Not like in any of, like, it's kind of like a shadowing aspect. So during the highlight of Britney's meltdown, Mm -hmm. um, or during some of the peaks that she came into stardom or into the media, per se, Mm -hmm. is usually around a lot of political things that happened. And in order to keep what was happening politically out of the headlines, mm-hmm. Brittany, unfortunately, was the, I don't want to say martyr, but like she was the There's a whole casualty of that whole thing. About Brittany's um, publicity stunts in relation to the media being more focused on her than what Bush was doing during his term of presidency. So there's a huge thing there as well. That's conspiracy theory. It it is a giant conspiracy Mm -hmm. theory, but it kind of plays along the same route. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden she loses her own civil rights somehow. Kind of strange, yeah. Like, why? Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to say on that. We got it. We got it. But let us know your thoughts. Um, we are at, what is our hashtags? We're on Twitter. I'm trying to be on Twitter more, guys. So, fuck Facebook. <laughs> um, We're trying all sorts of stuff right now to, yes. to gain your guys' love and affection. Love and affection. So, we're on Twitter at murder underscore 420XEX. Cool. Right? Okay. And then we're also on Instagram. The IG, the Insta world. As Murder420E. Yes. Go check us out. We also still have the Teespring store up for merch. Oh, yeah. So if you guys want to buy some. So there's some like old school merch on there. So if you want to hit that up, it's Teespring Murder on the 420 Express. Yes. Because we're chugging on this choo-choo train. We're on a higher train of thought. So we're just going to come out with a little bit more social media. 
wise just so that we can interact with you guys more and get yeah this podcast growing and flourishing this blossoming flower this budding flower yes so stay hot stay high stay tuned and thank you guys for always joining murder on the 420 express this is mandy this is lisa Bye. bye